0: By Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction, NHL, NBA, MLB, and of course March Madness and so much more. It's bananas! Play pinata picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn to get started. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Welcome back to Game Over Ottawa, everybody. The Tampa Bay Lightning have been sensed tonight. A uh, awesome performance overall from the Senators. I think uh, most people probably didn't see that coming, but we are super happy uh, with the results and super happy as well to be joined by Trevor Shackles tonight. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I am doing awesome after that win. Um, I think we just got to get right into... uh, the main story tonight, which I think was Alex Dubrinke with that huge two-goal performance, really got things started for the Senators, and uh, we we re- never really looked back after that hot start. Like specifically, I feel like the line of Debrinket, uh Batherson, and Pinto was a lot better tonight than I think that they usually are. Um, what were your thoughts overall? Like, what what do you feel about that line in general, and what do you think went well for them tonight?
1: For sure. I mean, I think in general. Debrinket can't really be with Pinto long term. I think Pinto is probably more of a third line center, and that's and that's fine. Um, obviously, that's that's not going to be a long term issue with with Norris coming back next year. Um, you know, I they, they can be good at at various points, and obviously, Debrinket was excellent tonight. Like, and I, I think most of the season, he's had great games, but he just hasn't been able to finish um, all the time. So, the fact that he was able to actually score those two quick goals back to back. Is huge for him, huge for his confidence. And yeah, like I don't know. Overall he hasn't been exactly as advertised. Then again, he's still been getting assists. So um yeah, like that trio tonight certainly looked better than usual. Overall, it's it's not one that I would I would keep. I mean, they they don't have a ton of options, so like it there's not a whole lot you can do about that. But yeah, they were they were flying tonight. I mean, honestly, the whole team was flying tonight, so yeah. can't really be too upset there. So it's it's just a... Uh, it was just an overall trouncing, honestly. And I'm sure the game would have been a, li- a little bit different if Vashlevsky was in net, but I'm pretty certain, I'm, I'm pretty confident Ottawa still would have won anyway.
0: It's funny, I, I don't have it... Um... In front of me right now, but I saw a tweet earlier today that Vasilevsky actually has worse stats uh, than Brian Elliott does against the Sens over his career. Although that might just be a little wow. bit of the uh, the Sens former goalie uh, bug there, where they're just yeah. uh, it doesn't matter who it is, they just uh, show up against us. But glad we beat that curse here tonight, and yeah, debrinkit really got it all going. And I like that you mentioned his assists as well, because that's one thing with debrinkit is everyone focuses on the goal total, and rightfully so. That's what we got him for. But he is actually quite good of a playmaker, as we've seen this year. And I had done some digging into his uh, his stats a few games ago. I think it was before the Toronto game, so I don't know if everything is still totally accurate. But uh, out of his 35 assists at the time that I was looking at this, 27 of them were primary assists, which was by far the most on the yeah. Sens. And uh, he got another one here tonight on that uh, awesome power play goal in the third period. So... I feel like even though we focus on the goals so much for Djibril and it's awesome to see him get two tonight we definitely have to give him some credit for the uh the complete game when he's not scoring I think he still adds to this team, eh?
1: Absolutely. Like I I just think it's such a disingenuous thing to say because I've seen people, you know, say oh, you know, Dabrinket has so many goals over over his last, however many games were to pass, even the season, the total goals on the season and sure okay it doesn't look super impressive but yeah you're not really I don't know goals aren't everything any and even like if you were to look at his total his point totals even that's not telling the whole story either so but as you say that many primary assists is is super impressive. So uh I, I still would I'm not gonna say that he's had a perfect season. Like I think he can definitely be better. And I do think just with better luck and to be honest, just a different coach. I think next year will be a lot different if he hopefully is still here. Um, But yeah, it's a bit disingenuous to to just ignore assist totals when he is creating offense. He is probably what, maybe like the second most skilled player behind Stutzla on the team. Like he's incredibly gifted with his stick handling ability and his speed and everything. So it's, yeah, it, he can improve, but you have to kind of look at the whole package there.
0: Yeah, he really showed his skill here tonight with those two goals, especially like that first one. I believe it was a bit of a rolling puck where it was bouncing or on edge when he shot it too. And uh, he just was able to cradle it for a second and go against the grain on Elliot. I was really impressed by that because I feel like a lot of guys would have just bobbled that shot or tried to uh, one-time it right away, probably have it skip over their stick or something. So that was a really mm-hmm. elite goal-scoring play. I loved that. And... Uh, that second goal, too, he really just made something out of nothing. It didn't look like that great of a scoring chance, but just an absolute snipe. So we'd love to see that from the cat here tonight. And uh, you mentioned coaching. Um, do you think there's anything specific about DJ Smith's system that maybe has led to Dubrinket having a little bit of a down year? Like, is there anything you notice specifically?
1: I mean, the one thing off the top of my head I could think of is just that... Now, statistically, I'd have to... To look at if they, you know, where they rank in terms of dumping the puck in and things like that. But it seems like they definitely are a dump and chase kind of team. And I've noticed even just to it himself will kind of resort to that. And now I'm not going to say that, that I've seen all of his games in Chicago or something, but I can't imagine he was dumping it in as much as he was or as much as he is this season. So I think just overall that sort of team philosophy kind of hurts a, a guy like that. And I would like to see a coach, you know, kind of emphasizing holding on the puck more and, and emphasizing that skill, especially for guys, you know, like, okay, maybe Austin Watson probably can't really uh, do that, so it's probably for, better for him to dump it in, but to bring it, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why he can't hold on to it. You see Stutzla do that all the time. He doesn't really dump it in a whole lot, at least compared to the others, so I mean, that's that's like one thing just off the top of my head. Other than that, like, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint. I, I don't want to sound like I am a coaching expert but I think a lot of people would agree that Smith is probably like a fine coach but I think they can do better and I think they Mm -hmm. can do better specifically defensively where it just seems like they can do fine like today they look great but then there's just times where they're just so out of whack and so out of position and so I mean that doesn't necessarily affect Debrinket specifically but overall i think it just hurts the team in general so it's um yeah again i, I don't want to come across as like a know it all with with coaching systems and everything because it's really hard to pinpoint but the dumping the puck in for sure i think that is one thing that is affecting his overall ability
0: mhm yeah i agree with pretty much everything you've said there and I was thinking as well before you said it that Stutzla is pretty much the only guy in this team that doesn't really dump it in that much. He's the one guy that yeah. gets the leeway uh, just because of his skill to carry it in. And then, of course, that's what we were getting all excited about before the season was seeing Stutzla and Derinka play together. And then that just hasn't happened at all this year. I know. <laughs> which is something that I bring up on this show a lot, especially uh, when the top six is struggling. I'm like, why don't they try to put these two guys together? uh, at least one more time, just for a few games at the end of the season here. I'm still kind of holding out hope that that will happen a little bit before the end of the year, but, uh, they seem really intent on wanting him to play with Josh Norris, which, of course, that was not possible this year, but, uh, Pinto and Greg going in and out of the second line, I guess that doesn't really help his production too much too cuz it's kind of even though they those guys will often look good in the center line or uh, second line center role it doesn't exactly uh like they don't have that consistency it's not going to help a guy like to point totals so i don't know like do you, I, i'm not sure though like if i really think that norris and debrinkert are going to be that good of a fit together just in terms of play style like what do you think about mm-hmm. that
1: yeah i know you're right i mean they're definitely more goal scorers not that they i i think they can both pass pretty well like I think I think most of the guys well I, I would say really everyone in that top six can both score and make good plays um pretty evenly even though Norris and Dabrinka are, are probably better known for their goal scoring ability I agree that I would in I in an ideal world that I'd, I'd rather have Dabrinka with Stutzla. I think they can both elevate each other and don't get me wrong like Kachuk has been fantastic on that first line with Schutzele as well and like you know, it's it's certainly not it's certainly not a bad combination, but it would just be an absolute luxury to have a guy like Kachuk on your second line who is you know producing over a point per game. So I think we've already seen the chemistry with Kachuk and Norris. So I don't see why that would be an issue next season. Um, and you know, beginning of the season, the talk was that it's going to be Dubrincik, Schutzler, and Giroux, and at that me, that me, I would be my top line. Like I'd rather have Giroux in that top line instead of Batherson. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that, but like he, you know, potentially has been coming back from his injury, so that might potentially be what's holding him back this season. But I haven't been super impressed. Whereas Giroux is, you know, just so consistent and, and still at the top of his game. So, um, yeah, like I, I don't think there's a whole lot of combinations you could mess up in the top six at least for next season but i you're right i would like to see to with Stutzla just to see what would happen there
0: mm-hmm. i think we just need to at least see it just to know whether or not it would be a good idea we just at least yeah. try it you know and exactly. yeah i i do have to say i i have liked batherson's game in the last three or so games but for you're right for most of the season i haven't really been a fan he was just straight up way better last year so uh I, that's another thing that Dabrinkit's spending a lot of his ice time with Bathurston is not necessarily uh, going to do much, especially for the five on five scoring because Bathurston is just only scoring on the power play pretty much. Um, yeah. But I'm uh, going to shout out a quick uh, chat comment here, Adam Firebear. He's asking us uh, if either of us have any ideas or suggestions for who would be the next coach of the Sens, like who would be the best option. Mm. And I guess, cause we were talking a little bit, about DJ Smith there in terms of whether or not his system is a good fit for to game. But obviously there's a lot of other questions about his systems in general, like you mentioned about the defense. Uh, but yeah, is there anyone that you have in mind for maybe the next
1: sense coach? I mean, it's, I haven't digged in it too deep. I mean, just off the top of my head, like I, there might be better candidates, but off the top of my head, I know someone brought up Claude Julian the other day. Um, I would much prefer no. I I would I think it's a must that their next coach has to have previous experience. We cannot be bringing in another guy without experience. And mm-hmm. I think the fact that you know the last the last sends coach who has been a wording this poorly the last Senators coach to get an, an NHL head coaching job after he got fired in Ottawa. The last one to do that was Jacques Martin. So yeah. everyone a... after that, Hartsburg, Paddock, you know, McLean, all, Boucher, all these guys, I guess Boucher was before Ottawa, but none of them have gotten hired after being fired in Ottawa. So, and like, to be honest, I don't know if, if Smith would get that either. So yeah. they, they just need a guy with some experience. And I, I like Julian. I think he has done an excellent job everywhere. He's been Boston, Montreal, New Jersey. I don't know if I'm missing somewhere else, but um, you know, a guy like Boudreaux, I know people have been clamoring for him in the past. I would certainly think he'd be a great option. A little bit different than Julian in the sense that he is more high octane offense kind of guy. And um so I don't, I don't know if that would necessarily be like the right fit, but I I don't know. I Boudreaux has, has done pretty well um everywhere he's been, like even in Vancouver, it's not the greatest roster. So that was Tough to evaluate him there. Besides those two names, it's uh like I said, I haven't really thought too deeply into it. Those are two that just come to mind, but um, I'm sure there. Oh, I mean, maybe if if Andrew Brunette is is mm, you know yeah. going to be, he could be pride out of uh where did he even end up? I He's was gonna say a, I
0: don't even know where he is. Like I can't
1: even uh, I can't even remember. No someone, someone in the comments will probably say. Um, but you know he he would obviously take a head coaching job over an assistant job, so. Um yeah, I'm sure there's there's plenty of others that I can think of uh, if I you know, look into it more. But yeah.
0: Yeah, Julian and Boudreaux is pretty much the exact two names that I always think of as well. Um, it just seems like two coaches that are generally really liked league wide. And you I don't think you would have any complaints if either of those guys were brought in. And it does surprise me a bit that Julian has kind of been out of a coaching job for a while. I think he's scouting uh, for the Blues or something. Which was mm. funny at the beginning of the season, whenever he would show up scouting a Sens game, and then everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's here!" And then, <laughs> no, he he was working the whole time. But I think because he's a local guy too, right? I'm pretty sure, uh, unless I'm no, wrong, you
1: know. What? Let Let me see. Let me. Let me I think he here. is,
0: and I think that could be something that uh, new ownership would like is just bringing in a local guy right away that everyone can just get behind. blind I, I think... River,
1: where's where's that? What's that? Blind River in Ontario? Yeah, I, don't know I have no
0: clue. I mean, at, least, <laughs> at least it is the right province. If, if it, that ends up being nowhere near Ottawa, at yes. least it was the right province. Um, yes. <laughs> so uh, Adam has also said in the chat, uh, Brunette is currently an associate coach for the Devils. I had absolutely no clue about okay. that. I, I knew that he had gone somewhere else, but no clue on the team. That could be an interesting option too, because uh, he had the, the Panthers really firing on all cylinders last year, and they've... Just completely, uh, <laughs> completely gone the other direction this year without him.
1: Exactly, exactly. I, I think he did an excellent job there, and I'm not Maurice's, Paul Maurice's biggest fan either. So I'm not really surprised that they are barely hanging on to a. Well, I guess they're a point behind now in a playoff spot.
0: Yeah the the team that we are technically chasing now in the standings. I don't even know if I yeah. want to look at yeah, the standings at this point anymore. No. <laughs> like, oh god. I mean, I, I did open it up just real quick. Four points, maybe there's chance we do play Florida twice, but the the problem at this point is that we have uh, no more games in hand. That was the one thing that we were hanging our hat on for the last month or yeah. so was all those games in hand, and they're just totally Are gone. They only
1: four, four back, aren't they? Aren't they five? Well, five, yeah four back of Panthers but five back of. oh Pittsburgh. shit
0: yeah I didn't even notice that Florida got jumped yeah. by uh by Pittsburgh again so yes it's uh it's five back yeah. <laughs> so yeah that that's rough that's even worse then so we won't yeah. uh we won't look too much at the standings anymore tonight but um I'm gonna throw it back to DeBrinket just one more time there's one more thing that I want to discuss which is obviously the contract implications for him this offseason I'll I'll give kind of a blunt question. Do you think he's worth the 9 million dollar qualifying offer?
1: Well, I don't think he's worth the 9 million, but I I reject the premise that he has to sign for 9 million. Like mm-hmm. I keep seeing I keep seeing these people say, "Oh, well, like trade him cuz he is wants $9 million." Well, that's not really the case. It's just that his qualifying offer is 9 million and you know, if he isn't playing, like, a nine $9 million player, I don't think he can reasonably ask for that and expect to get that. So, it's... Like, I would certainly give him 8. Um, I know... What, what's just at like, like, 8.3 something or... What, something Somewhere like that. around there. I think 8.5 yeah, so,
0: maybe.
1: Yeah, so, like, in an ideal world, you can get him under that number, and I, I think that would be totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um And I think a vast majority of Sens fans would would take that if you can get him, you know, between 8 and 8.25, 8.3, kind of in that range. Yeah. Because he's worth, like, this is a two-time four-to-goal scorer. Like, even if this is his worst, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, people are pissed at him and, like, this is his worst. And he's still, like, a decently productive player on pace for around 70 points. Um, Like, you take that. And he's still young. He's... Uh, he's going to be, what, 26 at the end of the year, I believe. So, yeah, like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's going to want a max eight-year deal. Maybe he just wants a shorter deal. Like, I, I would be open to a shorter deal, like a three-, four-year deal um, where, you know, he gets to stay for a little bit and, and then maybe he wants to kind of cash in again, like when he's 29, 30-ish. So I would be open to all different Avenues with his contract. I just don't see the point in in trading him. You're not going to get the value that you think you're going to get. Like, sure, you're going to open up some some cap space, but okay, like who are you going to spend it on? You're not getting another Claude Giroux who's coming home for a relatively hometown discount, and you don't have any assets to trade. Like, unless you can do like a three way trade where you are able to get someone similar, but I, I that would the be
0: whole bizarre. reason. Sorry, say that again? I was saying that would be bizarre if, if that was able yeah. to happen.
1: Well, and, like, the whole reason why we were so stoked was because teams don't trade guys, <laughs> like, to who are in their <laughs> mid-20s very often. And so if you think you're going to get somebody like that, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, yeah, maybe you end up even, you know, let's say you pay him for eight point three, um maybe that's a little bit of an overpayment i i would disagree i would say that's a pretty fair price but even if it is a little bit of an over overpayment that's worth rather you know keeping him than giving him up for some magic beans like you you know sure you might get a couple picks but then your window is now you need to win now and mm-hmm. then you're you don't have anyone to replace him with in the top 6
0: yeah exactly i totally agree about the uh, kind of 8 million dollar range there i think you can Like, I think you can see that Dabrinka is enjoying being a part of this group, and I think that he could probably be convinced to take a, a, not a team-friendly deal, but, like, not up at the the $9 million qualifying offer, as you were saying. And also, the main point of who are you going to replace him with if you get rid of him, like you said, probably not getting anyone anywhere near his uh, value to the team in a trade and if you're trying to go in UFA, the I don't even know who's available in UFA. But if they're anywhere near as good as Debrinket, they're probably not signing here anyway. And you don't trade away yeah. guys to uh, to rely on replacing them in UFA. Really, it's just not not much of a plan for success. So, I I agree that if we can get Debrinket, like. Eight to eight point five. I think that's probably a realistic range. I, I just really hope that Dorian, if he is the one handling this deal, which he may not be, hope that he's learned from the Stone fiasco when he gave Stone a one-year deal. Yeah, and and we all know how that turned yeah. out. It's it looks a little bit similar, but I'm sure he's learned from that. And also, like I said, he may not be the one making the decision in the end anyway, so we might not have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. And I, yeah, and I, I I feel decently confident that. A, Dabrinkit likes it here, and B, that he would want to stay with this group, because like, you would hope and think that a guy like him can see what this team is building around, and see like, okay, they've added me, they've added Giroud, they've added Chikrin, we have Kachuk, Schutze, like all these amazing young players, and I don't know why he would want to give that up, like even, even if he doesn't want to stay for eight, like maybe he, okay, I eventually want to go back to the States, even if he signs for four or whatever, like stays during that time when Ottawa is trying to win a cup. I I think he can be convinced and I don't think it would be hard to convince him to stay if it's fair money and you know you get to to be on a on a young up and coming team.
0: Yeah, I totally agree that uh it's it's obvious to see the upward trajectory of this team even if we're not quite there yet this year in terms of playoffs, but things like the Chiccorin acquisition go a long way in terms of showing that we're committed to winning and i think that's uh that's huge for for Debrinket. i think like you said yeah. i don't think it would be too hard to convince him to stay um and we mentioned Chikrin i do we do have to talk about how he got a little banged up in this game uh do you, i don't think there was any update so far after the game eh cuz he didn't return
1: N- not that i saw unless unless something happened uh let me just see here unless something happened since we reported but um
0: yeah i am uh I'm really hoping it's nothing too bad because. No, oh, it
1: says uh, uh, Claire Hanna said DJ Smith thinks and is just cramping and not injured ah. it says he has a root. he had a root canal this morning and hasn't been sleeping. Oh my well, god, so. okay. that's
0: rough. <laughs> oh, All right, there you thank go. you for finding that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a relief. Just from the standpoint of I really want to continue watching Jacob Chickering play and uh, get get acclimated with this team for the rest of the season because it's it's i won't say it's been perfect for him so far there was some chat about uh all of his defensive metrics dropping as soon as he joined the sense which is kind of funny coming from arizona because you wouldn't expect most of their defensive metrics to be great but uh i think he's been pretty good overall and the main thing that'll be interesting to watch down the stretch is whether he's playing on the left or right side and it was primarily the right side tonight uh what do you think of that i think it was um him and shabbat for most of the game until he went down, then it got a little messy in the third pairing with the D pairs. But, yeah, what what did you think about Chikrin on the right side before he went down tonight?
1: Yeah, I think you would have him there. I think any of them, really, I think any of them can go on that right side. Like, um, even just looking ahead to next season, you you might have to have Chikrin and, and Brandstrom on the right side. Um, and then and then Zub as well. Unless unless they sign go out and sign somebody else, which I feel like they probably will bring in somebody, like to replace Hamonic or and Holden, um, or if they bring back Hamonic, which kinda of hope they don't. Yeah. But yeah, like I think I don't I don't really see the issue with it. And and Dorian even mentioned something about that today, about how handedness doesn't really matter all that much, which is kind of going against what they've said in the past. So um <laughs> Yeah, like, if if they want to be at their best, one of their guys, one of their lefties is, is going to have to be in that top four on the right side. And and Chikrin is, is a, a good guy to have there. Maybe you have, like, I don't know. He, he was good with Shabbat. Maybe you want to pair him with Sanderson. I don't know. I, I'd be fine with whatever. To me, as long as, long as you keep Branstrom in the lineup in that mm-hmm. third pair, then, I, then I'm happy. So, um other than that, yeah, it's it's exciting to think about just the different combinations they could have, especially, um, you know, we'll see what Clevin can do, and I wouldn't pencil him in the starting lineup at the beginning of next year, but, you know, maybe by the end of next year, he's part of that, you know, part of the top six D, and that's that's pretty exciting to think about. Like, all of a sudden, we have six legitimate D who can actually play, um, and hopefully we're not getting too, head, too ahead of ourselves with Clevin, because hasn't even played a game professionally <laughs> yet, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we we might be seeing that soon. Um, I do wonder about them trying to get Clevin in some games this year. Like, if no one gets injured on the decor, like maybe I know Shabbat's playing injured. Maybe eventually they decide to shut him down for the last few games. Uh, and it seems that Chickera is okay tonight. Like, if they do try to get Clevin into some games, I have no idea who they're gonna take out. Like, other than Branstrom, and I we would all hate to see that, right?
1: Yeah, it like you just know it's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's had that amazing goal tonight. He looked fantastic. And I it is cool to see I think even like more old school fans are kind of turning on Brandstrom and thinking like, okay, he's actually been pretty good, and he has been like the the numbers back it up. You know, he's he's first on the entire team in expected goals against Mm -hmm. and also just expected goals like percentage so this is a guy who you know people are saying oh he can't really defend well he's literally giving up fewer chances than anybody else on the team when he's out there so that has to mean something and yeah just considering he had been scratched a couple times recently like I would assume that he will be again and unless there is that injury so you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if Shabbat or Chikrin <laughs> or Sanderson got just just dinged up. Not not a big injury, but just dinged up. That mm-hmm. wouldn't be the worst.
0: Yeah, it's definitely possible that uh we do see something like that where since we're technically still in the playoff race, they keep these guys in the lineup for now. But if we were way yeah. out of it, then then they would have been shut down. So that could be uh the scenario that gets Clevin into the lineup. And I totally agree about Branchum. We just we no one wants to see him scratched ever again. I'm I'm really hoping at this point that we can get him locked up to like a multi-year deal, maybe three years at like a pretty cheap price. Because the thing is, I'd without the offensive production, I don't think he can demand too much money, and exactly. like not playing a a shit ton of ice time either. It's like you, it seems prime for a good contract. You just get him on a steal, and then have him on that third pair and be able to fill in on the second pair as well. Uh, Like you said, I've just been super impressed with his defensive game this year, which I honestly didn't expect to be saying at the start of this year. I never really was impressed with it in the past, but he's totally turned it around. You don't see him getting beat uh, very often. And his physical play like along the boards and stuff and puck battles has been way better and just way better than you would expect from a small defenseman like that.
1: Well, and you just have to have different expectations too, right? Like I wrote an article early in this season about how if you're expecting him to be a replacement for Eric Carlson or something, like obviously you're going to be disappointed. And and I don't even think you should expect him to be a huge point producer either because he's not getting power play time. And you know he was he was getting those third line minutes where you know oftentimes he's he's uh, you know playing with with fourth liners um, up at up at forward. So yeah, he's not going to get a whole lot of points. Um, but if you sort of just have expectations for him to be a really good third-pairing defenseman and, and, you know, a guy who can play on the second on a pinch, then he's he's exceeding expectations and because you don't need him to be anything more than that if you have Shabbat and Sanderson ahead of him, right? So it's, yeah, I, I don't really understand anyone that is criticizing him. I mean, like, certainly, like, there are, are games and moments where... Okay, like he deserves criticism, but overall, he's had a heck of a season, and yeah, I, I definitely agree with with the extension. I think, I think you could probably get him for under two million dollars a year mm-hmm. for three four seasons. I'd be all over that because the thing is, it's it's hard to find an effective third pairing defenseman that comes cheap, right? Like if you look for that in free in free agency, I mean erica branson signed for four million dollars so it's, yeah it's not easy to find and usually the guys you do sign are ineffective so you know in reality branson would probably be fine on that second pairing um but he's just he's playing over his role which is a luxury for ottawa to have
0: mm-hmm. we did have uh one contract prediction in the chat uh from Flugmeister, I think I pronounced that right, uh, saying mm-hmm. thinks Branny is going to get a five times 2.5 deal. So I guess uh, five years, 2.5. Wow. I guess the length of that, because you were saying uh, we could probably get him under 2 million, and I, I agree with that. Maybe if it was a five-year term, then that would uh, bring it up a little bit. Like, But I could definitely see like three years at like 1.75 or something like that. I feel like that would be yeah. perfect for me.
1: Yeah, I it'd be perfect for me as well. I think, um, you know, his, his staying power. I, I don't know, like I wouldn't commit to him. I'm not giving him eight years max, but, but yeah, a medium term deal three, four, you know, (laughs) if it, if it takes five years to get him under two, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that 2.5 is probably a little bit much, but, um, yeah, he's, he's been excellent. Mm.
0: -hmm. And, uh, I think that's going to be about where we wrap it up tonight. Um, is there any other uh, things you noticed in, in tonight's game that you wanted to shout out real quick?
1: Um, I guess just the lightning. You know, getting kind of sick of them. Uh, yeah,
0: they were really dirty. I tonight. mean, we've
1: yeah, they've been a bit. They were a bit of babies tonight. So mm-hmm. like, it's I will be pleasantly surprised to see their downfall. They've they've really not been that good for a few months now, and like mm-hmm. relatively for for their sake. Um, still a playoff team and it just sucks that they're going to have to play Toronto because yep. we'll have to cheer for them in that first round. So I hope their downfall comes in round two, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been predicting um Toronto to to win for three, four years now and just to be <laughs> prepared for, for that inevitability. And so maybe it happens this year finally, but um, yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of sick of them. I, I'm done with the lightning.
0: Yeah, I agree. With all their shenanigans tonight, I was very glad that uh, the Sens were able to run up the scoreboard. And I yeah. also want to quickly say that I feel like pulling the goalie when you're down 5-2 with six minutes left is like <laughs> such, a, such a cocky move. Like, I feel like that's a little bit of a disrespect to the opponent where you're like, there's not much time left and we're down by so much. But I still feel like if we had an extra skater, we would just cloud on them. Like, so I, I, I like that the Sens were able to put that empty netter in right away. and just Absolutely. Uh, just have... I, I think the Lightning have done this against the Sens before, too, and they might have actually scored one or two times, so I feel like maybe <laughs> there was a little bit of history of that working in the past, but yeah, gl- glad they got their comeuppance tonight, and like you said, uh, hoping for their downfall in round two this year, because mm-hmm. uh, for for obvious reasons against Toronto. Yeah. Alright, so yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it. Um, anything you want to plug before we go?
1: Um. Yeah, just... Twitter, you can follow me at ShaqTS. Um, Silver Seven Sends as well. That's that's where I write, and we are uh, moving to a different site in April next mm-hmm. week. So um, you know there'll be more information about that coming up on my Twitter if you follow me there. So um, yeah, that's about it. But um, just want to say thanks, Mod, for having me on, and it's always it's always fun talking to anybody that wants wants to talk send. So yeah, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for joining. And yeah, everyone be sure to support Silver7Sens. And uh, yeah, follow Trevor on Twitter if you're not already. I feel like he's one of the essential follows on Sens Twitter. So yeah, very glad to have you joining here tonight. I think it was a great episode. And thank you everyone so much for watching. Leave a like if you enjoyed, subscribe to SDPN, and we will see you guys next time on Saturday. Game over
1: Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.